Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown presented by Mass Live. There is a week left in the Red Sox season. It has been a long season. We all know that. And we decided who better to get a full recap of the season, look forward to the offseason with than Sam Kennedy, obviously the president and CEO of the Red Sox. He joins us for a lengthy conversation on a lot of topics. We're going to talk about what went wrong. We're going to talk about Xander Bogarts. We're going to talk about the narratives around this team he hates. Uh, even, you know, a little bit of LeBron, a little bit of all-star game stuff. So a um, lot to get to here. We'll get right to it. Here's Sam Kennedy, the president and CEO of the Red Sox. So we could have gone to somebody like Sean McAdam or Alex Spear, Rob Bradford, who pretends they know what's going on with the Red Sox. But instead, we're going to go directly to the source this week. Go right to the top of the food chain and ask Sam Kennedy, what is uh the plan for the off season to uh, recap the season, all that type of stuff. Sam, appreciate you hopping on. I know we did this a couple of years ago, but uh, lots changed since then. So looking forward to catching up. Yeah, Chris, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. So I guess first we'll start with this. Uh, I know that there's a, a billion different ways you can answer this question. There's a billion different things that have happened in 2022 for the Red Sox. But if you could just assess the season in your own words, what in your eyes went wrong? Well, it's it's certainly been a disappointing season um, on 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 all levels. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, leadership of the organization is uh, to blame and, and we're accountable for that. Um, it's, uh, it, it, you know, just the fact that we came into spring training um, following a season where we were two games from going to the World Series. Um, we had we were aggressive in the offseason, um, you know, adding a player of the caliber like Trevor Story, uh, stepping up big in free agency, um, really felt we had great momentum. We got off to a slow start, as you know, um, uh, played around 500, I guess, in the month of May. And we really got after it in June. We, we sort of felt like this is the, the 2022 Boston Red Sox that we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, unfortunately, the wheels came off the cart. You hate to blame injury. Um, but we did suffer a lot of injuries, uh, at, at the absolute worst time to, uh, members of our starting rotation, key members in the lineup. And we just never really, uh, bounced back from that. Um, but we are proud of the fact that there was no quit in the team that people have kept a good attitude, trying to stay professional, um, and, and, and build on hopefully some positives as we, as we look to next year. As a group, do you look back and think that, you know, I know you wouldn't probably go into specifics, but there's different moves that, you know, baseball operations wouldn't have made or shouldn't have made heading into the season if the roster construction wasn't there. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, you can't predict that number of injuries. I think that's clear. But are there are there things that, you know, that are kind of regretful at this point? Well, you know, one of the things you need to do in professional sports is um, learn from the past and 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 get better. We try to get better every single year. Um, it's been a, our mantra here that we're here to win championships. If you dwell too much uh, on things that went wrong or mistakes that you made or dissect them uh, too much, I think that can lead to a, a negative place. And we, and we want positive outcomes. So we're going to try and focus on the positive uh, and turn the page and, and, and move forward. Um, but of course, in hindsight, um, there are many uh, mistakes that I'm sure we've made. If I look back over 21 years, uh, we've there, you could point out uh, you could point to lots of mistakes, lots of smart decisions. On balance you hope to make more um right decisions than wrong decisions uh, but we'll let other people be the judge of those decisions and we'll be held accountable for for how we do 
looking forward, you know, you you were pretty quick, think about a month ago now, that like Ken Rosenthal asked you, are Heim Bloom and Alex Cora are going to be back? And you said kind of unequivocally, yes. Um, number one, I assume that's that's still the case. Nothing's changed and, and uh, you know, you're not going to be making any big changes there. And, and number two, why was that kind of an easy decision for the organization, even in a down year? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's an easy question to answer because uh, it's so obvious from from where we sit in in uh, ownership and, and, and management. Um, this is a group that we have all the faith in the world. in um, when it comes to our on field leadership with Alex Cora and his staff um, and when it comes to High and Bloom and Brian O'Halloran and Raquel Ferreira, Eddie Romero, just a, a, a great group that uh, have been together for a long time now, uh, know how to win championships, know what goes into all aspects of baseball operations. So we have we have a lot of confidence in them. And, and so when I was asked the question, I answered it uh, directly and honestly. Um, and, you know, we 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 had a incredibly disappointing year, but we were not that far removed from um, a season in which I think we surprised a lot of people in mm-hmm. 2021. And 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 Alex Cora said it well. I mean, this is a a, a really uh, talented team. We just didn't get the results that we wanted, and we believe in the group, and we believe in the talent that we have, and that we will add. And hopefully we'll get back to where we belong in the American League East in in 2023, and in what is a tough division. I mean, when you juxtapose the last two years, right, the euphoria of a year ago, that race and how things ended in, in Washington at the end of the regular season. And then, you know, I think you've been on record and a lot of us who were there were on record saying Fenway was as crazy and as loud as it has been really at any time. It felt like, you know, it was uh, probably for, for you guys, 2003, 2004 again. Um, but that's a, you know, a great run followed by another disappointing year. That seems like the kind of thing that when you brought Haim in, you know, the goal was we we got to stop yo-yoing back and forth between first place and last. And we want consistency and that type of stuff, considering how you know clear you guys were about those goals. Does that make a, you know, last two in 2020 to two games short of the world series to last again? Is it disappointing that you're back in that same kind of yo-yo again? Yeah. I mean, look, you, you, uh, you, you, you want to be competitive each and every year and, and, playing baseball in October was the goal coming into spring training. And we fell short of that. Um, so of course it's, of course it's disappointing. Um, and, and we acknowledge that that's not what, what we ex we expect. It's not what our fans expected, nor what they deserve. Our, our fans deserve a competitive product, uh, a team that's built uh, to, to, get into the postseason and ultimately try and win a world series. Um, so we haven't, we haven't wavered from that. But yeah, when you when you have a great year followed by a down year, it's 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 certainly disappointing. One thing that I think has turned some heads the last few weeks is the question of the luxury tax. Um, you know, you guys are projected as the AP reported to go over it, and I believe the only team you know not in the playoff hunt that is um, going to go over it. That was, I think, basically a byproduct of the trade deadline decisions. And we, we know that the, the CBT tax has been a popular topic of discussion around here the last few years. Um, is that one thing that, looking back, you wish that the Red Sox got under to kind of make it easier in the future? Obviously, there's draft pick compensation, free agency stuff that comes into play here. Um, or was that, you know, in its own way, a vote of confidence in the group at the deadline? How do you assess, you know, the hindsight of that two, uh, two months later? You know, I, I think I'll let others sort of assess, um, you know, the decision making, just because, again, I, I don't like to dwell on uh, things that that have happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, 
but other than I, I'll just say that I think it's a continued reflection of of John Henry and, and Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, the Fenway Sports Group's ownership, very consistent over 21 years, which is um, investing in all areas of the operation, uh, free agent, major league free agency, uh, scouting player development, analytics, international signings. Um, you know, I think um, if you look at our track record, there's it, it's it, it is a little bit boggling mind-boggling um when you hear a narrative that you know the team doesn't spend or there's you know not a willingness to spend um when we've you know we've always been at the top uh in major league baseball i i think that narrative i think that's our fault because we're not in first place we're not competing for a a a, a playoff spot right now um but so but i think that narrative would be very different if we were if we were executing mm-hmm. we, were delivering. we certainly didn't hear a lot of talk about um you know, what our payroll was in 2021, right? right. It's, I hate to say it and, and to oversimplify things, but it's a zero sum game. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. get it. If, if you're successful uh, and you're doing the right things and executing in all facets of the game and you're playing baseball in October, n- there's no discussion about commitment to payroll right. or investing. When you're at the bottom of the American League East, uh, that you open yourself up and you expose yourself to all these types of questions. What we're going to do is is what we've always done here, um, and that is commit to uh, doing everything in our power to to trying to field a team that that is worthy of of the best fan base and all baseball support, um, and and honor that commitment. That, that's what we've tried to do. We, we've 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 not been there this year. Um, but we're going to do everything we can to, to get back there next year. And, and I think it's possible. Yeah. And, and obviously there's a ton of financial flexibility here, right? I mean, that's been kind of the theme of the last couple of weeks as we look forward to the off season and as disappointing as 2022 has been, I do think there's a lot of excitement, you know, maybe nervous trepidation about all the changes that might happen. And obviously you don't know, Heim doesn't know the players don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Um, is it? being over exaggerating to say that this is you know maybe the most important off season you know since you've been here since the ownership group has been here or at least the most impactful where you have kind of the most balls in the air that you have to juggle yeah i um it's hard to answer that question because it 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 always feels like that every yeah, every, right. every off season so i think it is some you know it would be hyperbole or uh, it would reflect recency bias to say, you know, this is the most important off season. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're all incredibly important. Um, you know, we, we have owners that, um, <laughs> that want to win desperately. Um, and they're incredibly focused at improving our operation. They're very active with major league baseball and being supportive of, Commissioner Manfred and the rule changes and improving the the product on the field, improving Fenway, constantly investing into the ballpark. Um, so every off season represents a chance to to improve and get better. Um, and you know, growing up here and being a part of Red Sox Nation just about my whole life, you know, it's kind of what makes Boston so great is the hot stove and the off season and the mm-hmm. winter dialogue around what the Red Sox are going to do and how we're going to. Uh, improve or build uh, upon what we've done the year before um, is is a reflection of how how great this fan base is. I'm not going to tempt you to tamper and bring up Judge, yeah. bring up Otani, but there is one guy, or a, few, a couple guys that we can't talk about because they are on 
on the Red Sox. And I think, you know, the big name that everybody's talking about is, of course, Andrew Bogarts. Yesterday, when when the reporters walked in the clubhouse, uh, you guys were, were huddled over in the corner and, you know, we were all making the joke. Oh, they're ironing out the details and they're, they're figuring it out right now. Um, I don't think that was the case. But, you know, talking to Xander yesterday, he said, you know, he has some hope that you guys will all be able to sit down in kind of a, a formal setting before, you know, he probably goes home to Aruba in the next couple of weeks. Is that your hope to get, you know, whether it be John, Tom, Heim, BOH, yourself in a room with Xander to, to kind of, you know, start that dialogue, start that process here before he leaves the, at least leaves Boston for the off season, at least. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think people are probably uh, tired of us professing our love and admiration yeah. for Xander Bogarts. Um, so I won't, I won't do that here in this forum, but look, what, you know, what, what you saw yesterday um, was, was two, two guys who've known each other for a long time, catching up on a couple of things. I, I, I'll leave it at that, but, Bogey and I have a, a longstanding relationship and um, he's been with us a long, long time. I've been here a long, long time. And it's certainly my hope that we'll have conversations with him and his representative. Obviously those will take place with Haim um, mm-hmm. and, and BOH and Raquel and Eddie. Um, they're, they're um, empowered to lead those conversations. So um, I, w- we'll see where it all goes. And, and I remain as I have all season long and, you know, going back several years, hopeful that that Xander remains a part of the organization um, for, for his career. That's, that's important. And, um, you know, we, we, we look forward to continuing the dialogue that we've had in the past at the appropriate time. I mean, there's obviously, you know, it's impossible to know everything that's gone on behind the scenes, all the talks, all the offers, those types of things. I think it was, you know, probably unfortunate for both sides that some of the details of the spring training talks leaked. And, you know, it seemed like Xander might have been a little bit hurt about how things played out then. Have you felt that there's any anything to the idea that you've had to not repair the relationship, but just kind of um, play to that a little bit this year where he might have been? you know, felt a little soured on things have gone? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's a, it's natural when you have um, uh, a dynamic where there's negotiations and employment contracts that, mm-hmm. you know, things, things don't always go absolutely uh, perfect or, or swimmingly. Um, what I'll say about Xander is, you know, and I've said this before, but I'll reiterate it. He is just the ultimate professional. He handles himself just so incredibly well, represents the organization as well as anyone I've ever been around. And um, he's just just been a great, great part of this organization and hope he he is for for a long, long, long time. We have not felt, um, you know, and we, we, we have really, I hope, open and productive relationship with with all of our players. There's a bunch of new faces in that clubhouse. Some guys that have been around a long time. We try to be as accessible and, and available to them. Um, and 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 that that's been a constant as well o- over the years. And so um, we, we felt uh, nothing but a great relationship with with, with Xander um, and, and, and all of our players, frankly, uh, over the last several years. And it's been hard. COVID was really difficult, mm-hmm. you know, to be at night. We, we like to be around, uh, you know, around the clubhouse on the road with the team, you know, down on the field of batting practice. And, um, you know, we have such an important job to do working with the players to make sure they have what they need to be successful. That's, that's sort of my, my job in, in the yeah. front office, um, to make sure the resources are there to 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 be able to compete to win. 
you, you kind of mentioned this. One of my questions I have written down is how sick are, are you of answering the Bogarts and Devers questions? <laughs> Obviously, you know, they're going to be there until they sign here, they sign elsewhere. But, um, you know, I think this yeah. offseason, it's clear that you're going to be looking to, to really, you know, lock those guys up. Are you looking forward to, I don't know, getting to it instead of talking about it and, and being asked by people like me about it? No, it, it, honestly, it, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, and I just think it's a reflection of the best baseball market, the most intense media scrutiny and coverage. The best. I mean, this is where you want to be in Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is where certain players want to be, players like Xander, that know what it takes to win a championship here, that embrace the scrutiny and the questioning and the second guessing. Um, maybe it's because I'm I'm from here, but I, I appreciate the questions. I, I understand it. Um, they're the exact right questions. Um, you, you know, look, so, you know, until uh, this issue is determined, um, the questions will be asked. And so we fully appreciate that and respect and understand that. Those aren't the only guys who are up in the next two years, obviously. Nate Valdi, Michael Walker, J.D. Martinez this year. Um, there's a lot of money coming off the books. There's a lot of different ways this could go. Is that, as an organization, is that exciting that basically you can do almost anything you want? Is that, as a position you guys have not been in in a, in a, in a while here, is that something that, excites you scares you how do you kind of square that <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a really good question and and you're absolutely right i mean Hyam and 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 boh and and the team have done a a a really good job of creating flexibility um and giving ourselves the opportunity to uh in, in invest resources in different areas so we have not come into an off season like this in in some time um and 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 so yeah th- there is some excitement um and you know energy and 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 i think one of the things that alex cora has done such a great job of is keeping this group together in in a tough season and already you know planning for 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 being competitive in 2023 and you know we got a a a bit of a jump start on that by locking up kike hernandez Mm -hmm. kike is one of my one of my all-time favorites i just absolutely love the energy he loves boston he loves being here um and it's so gratifying to be around players that that just soak this up you know alex verdugo's like that guys mm-hmm. that just come to boston they want to play here they love it here <clears throat> and, and and that it takes that it takes um not just the most talented players but the but the players that um, want to be in Boston because they know there's there's nothing like winning here. Um, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And um, so getting Alex to have the the troops rallied and, and fired up for for next year is 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 really important. It sucks that we're talking about next year in in September of 2022, but um, the good news is we'll be headed to Fort Myers um, soon enough and 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 be ready to get going. The guys that I just mentioned in Waka, Evaldi, Martinez, I mean, those are examples of three free agent contracts that really hit. I know, obviously, JD's and Nate's were a lot bigger than Michael's, but, you know, setting those guys up now for for big paydays as well. You mentioned Kike, that deal got done. Do you have any expectation of any more of those types of extensions potentially getting done before those guys hit the open market? 
Well, you know, I'll, I'll leave that uh, question to Haim. And, and, Come on, you got to break some news on here. I was waiting for the surprise of like, actually, yeah, we just got this we deal actually, done, and I wanted to tell you first. But we're we're we're, we're unfortunately we're not that good, Chris. If we were, <laughs> I I I, I would have um, I definitely would have dropped that on you. But you know, look, the truth is, um, we we have we we don't tip our hand um, with how much money we plan on spending, and we don't talk about it publicly for one reason. It's not because we don't want to share the information with our fans or the media. It's because we don't want to share the information with the 29 other clubs. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we really don't want uh, our competitors knowing uh, what we're thinking or, or, or what we're doing. That said, I think we all know um, it takes a balance of, of veteran guys and, and, and younger players and, and guys that have been with us for a few years uh, to, to be competitive. And so uh, I think we'll be engaged on lots of fronts. Um, right. Everything and anything is certainly on the table as we go into this off season. Cause as you said, we, we do have um, some newfound flexibility, which uh, again, we're not celebrating that because look where we are. No one's, no one's celebrating financial flexibility, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just a fact that um, we, we do have an opportunity uh, to, to take an aggressive approach to this off season. You mentioned earlier, you know, you think the narrative is ridiculous about not spending money because you guys are always at the top. And, and I, I agree with that. And I've, I've always kind of thought that, you know, I think it's fair to question sometimes where the money has gone with how you guys have worked out as with any organization and any sport over any time. What other narratives are there out there that bother you as the president and CEO of the Red Sox? Sure. Um well, well, the, the that one uh, is is particularly um, it's not it's not bothersome. It's just more mind boggling, you know, when you yeah. see the the deals, uh, you know, that we've done and the commitment commitments we've made to people like you know JD and and Chris Sale and um, uh, the extension that we did with Bogey and then just this past March, you know, we we bring in Trevor Story. Um, you know, unfortunately he got injured, but look what he contributed and look what he did, and and you get really excited about him as a big time free agent player coming into Boston, a, a place he really wants to be. Um, and again, I, I hate to be so simplistic about it, um, but I go back to the early days, you know, with Theo and Ben Sherrington, and it, it is very much a zero-sum game. You know, it, it, those convert if we're doing our job and we're performing and we're at the top of the American League East or we're battling it out for a playoff spot, that narrative isn't there. It's just not there. Um, so that's on us. It's, it's not on anybody else. Um, and so we own that. In terms of other, you know, things that, that you know, get discussed or, um, you know, narratives that are out there, um, you know, one is um, a, a big one is the, the notion uh, that there's, you know, a lack of focus or, or interest um, with our ownership group. Um, I can tell you um, directly, you know, John Henry, Tom Werner are as committed to winning, if not more, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're more focused. They're more day to day on, uh, the baseball ops and the business uh, affairs and being active in the community with the Boston Red Sox than ever before. Um, there's constant communication. Um, there's, uh, expectation. We have responsibility and accountability to them. Um, and, and yes, they are, are owners of a company called Fenway Sports Group that has other investments, um, but but that has not changed their focus or commitment one iota. And I think the winning that we've experienced here in Boston in 21 years has been uh, 
it's been contagious uh, and it, and it makes us hungry, hungry for more. Uh, is that in your mind, just a product of, you know, you guys have expanded the portfolio significantly over time since coming to the Red Sox and there's the Penguins and Liverpool and all that type of stuff. You know, I feel like there's just this idea like, oh, well, they have to go pay Penguins players so they can't, you know, pay Red Sox players. And that, I, I guess, is ridiculous in your mind, as I think it would be to a lot of people. It, it is because um, each uh, independent uh, franchise organization has its own um, financials, uh, its own leadership. Each operate independently from each other. They just share common ownership. Um, but it's a good thing for the Red Sox that were owned by John Henry and Tom Werner in a very well capitalized Fenway sports group because they give us resources to invest, not just in major league payroll, but into Fenway park, um, into the fan experience, um, doing things like, you know, uh, opening a new brand new 5,000 person music venue to encourage life mm -hmm. and energy and, uh, create new spaces for, for Fenway, um, the right field bleacher project, you know, the monster seats, the right field, all, all the things that, that we've done are a direct result of, um, of what I would consider to be, uh, owners that are entirely committed to the club, to the Red Sox, to Major League Baseball, uh, and will be for 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 a long, long, long time. I'm going to end with with two more. One's going to be hard. One's going to be a totally softball question. So we would feel like we're, we're leaving on a positive note. <laughs> I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Um, yesterday or, or earlier this week, uh, LeBron James, who's a member of your ownership group, uh, said, "I still hate Boston. Don't get that twisted. We all hate Boston here." I mean, what, what, what is your reaction to that? Obviously, you know, there's reasons in the past for that, but, but how do you react to that as someone who is a part owner of the Red Sox? Yeah, I, I, uh, I've said this before publicly, but I, I would never speak for LeBron James and, and would never try to put myself in the shoes of one of the greatest uh, basketball players of all time. Um, my assumption is that when LeBron is is talking about um, his hatred for Boston, it is related to his experiences as a visiting player against the Boston Celtics, or 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 you know playing in that environment. Um, hard for me to 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 put myself in his shoes, and so I would never try to speak for him. Um, as a diehard Celtic fan, you know I go back to the Bird, DJ, Ainge, Parish, McHale, mm -hmm. Jerry Seasting days. If you get that reference, uh, and I do. And I, I, um, uh, I've been a, a diehard Celtics fan my whole life. I can, I, I get the, I get the dynamic there. Let's just say that. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm very close with Brad, um, Rich Gotham, Wick and all the guys over there. Um, and so I, I won't get in the middle of that other than to say LeBron is, uh, uh, you know, ha has his own opinions and, and I certainly don't speak for him. Could you take him one-on-one? -on -one? <laughs> definitely not i couldn't take you one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> no you could for sure <laughs> and, and the last thing this is a question i feel like i ask every time uh, i get you but that's one that i think is interesting and red sox fans care about where do you guys stand with getting an all-star game at fenway park i know we, we talked in spring training you felt like there had been progress made you know maybe in the next five six years is there any update on that yeah, um, no hard and fast details or breaking news, but um, we are we, we are very hopeful um, and, and we've logged our sort of request and, and, and registered our interest with baseball. Um, many people remember the 1999 game as perhaps one of the greatest um, in in baseball history, uh, certainly in recent memory. 
you know, the, the, the there'd be some poetry to, you know, a, a 30th anniversary of that, um, mm-hmm. or, or somewhere close to 30 years. That's um, called a soft tease. Yeah, exactly. Which would make sense because the other, other clubs would have had a chance, uh, to host, mm-hmm. uh, host a game, but we would, we would love to bring it back and create memories to, uh, similar to what were created in, in 1999. It would be, it would just be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sam, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'll try to be better at eavesdropping on your conversations with Xander when I see him in the future. Yeah, you would have, you would have been very bored, Chris, but thanks, <laughs> thanks for, for checking on it.